reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Welcome to the two NAMI recap from Saturday night. And we're going to start off with Shin Mew episode four, Shackles. That gets us right. A few fights, a few delights. Then his girlfriend gets kidnapped. Then he hatches a plan to fight his friend and knock each other out. Now they will appear weak, but overcome the mob boss when they're not in reach of the girl. So she isn't put in harm's way. This way, they can get back to the business of finding out who's behind his father's killing. The fight scene at the end was stupid, but it made sense. Four-star episode because I didn't like the ending, so it didn't get the five stars um, that it could have gotten. But it had some fight scenes early on that were good, and ultimately we know it's headed in a good direction. The writers just didn't know which direction they wanted to go in that last fight scene. We move on to Attack on Titan. was a wild one. Season 4, episode 78. We're in the final season. Two Brothers. A great name for this episode. Two brothers clinging for, for dear life. Titans battling with soldiers. The pace isn't all that great. Uh, because it keeps going to flashbacks. Animation is top notch. Storyline was a little bit weak. Going with three stars on this episode. Attack on Titan is a better daytime show than nighttime show. That's my hot take for you. Um, this show gets away from itself sometimes, but ultimately it was a, a good episode, a, a three uh, star episode. It really revolves around Falco, his brother trying to protect him from turning Titan. Well, in the end, it's no use and you're a little bit confused, but it's very tense. Gabby ends up firing the shot that takes off Aaron's head. This episode does involve Aaron a lot as he's running to return up or re-up with Zeke. And Zeke catches the head. So it's a gnarly episode. It, uh, you know, it has some really good parts to it. Kept the pace going for Toonami. Kept the vibes good. And uh, you ended up getting a... A halfway decent episode, you know, out of this. And it was a three-star um, episode. It's one that you would watch again. You know what I mean? You wouldn't say... Uh, you wouldn't stray away from it. So, that's one good thing you can take away from this episode. And we're in the final season now. We're in the final stretch. As uh, we're approaching the end of AOT. Hashtag AOT Attack on Titan. Three-star episode. We're gonna We're going to roll with it couple three stars uh, in tonight's Tsunami. Last year we had Cosmo Samurai. This year we have Cosmo Samurai 2. Kind of around the same time. A fun ride so far. A nice four star snapshot. The problem with this one isn't the subtitles. It's the length. I wish it was longer. Two more episodes in this series. They happen fast. In short, the Cosmo Samurais are a vigilante group protecting space systems the main one is tom funny he's named after the host of toonami tom 
The Akuto were the antagonist in Cosmo Samurai Original. Now we wait until Saturday for episode 3. But in this episode it focused around one particular space raider. And it was a very good battle. Very interesting. Uh, you have to deal with the subtitles but it's not hard for long. And uh, you don't want to miss it. And uh, we move on to Assassination Classroom. Season 2, Episode 10, School Festival Time, which was a very compelling episode, um, kept, a, kept a great flow going for Toonami, and we were needing something, we were yearning for something, after Shinmune Shin Shin didn't give us what we needed, and uh, Attack on Titan was uh, a little bit of a doll spear. Cosmo Samurai had a, had a nice blade, a nice slice to the night, but it was quick, and we needed something to lift us up, and this was a good episode to lift us all up. Uh, an interesting episode, to say the least. Each class is trying to gain the most money in the school festival. E-Class, where our favorite band of characters are, have a big disadvantage going into this competition. The brainstorming begins, where each class are coming up with their business uh this is a great beginning to an anime looks like e-class will be up against the big fives cafe which has a lot of bankroll behind them they're talking about business and how it works revenue streams bouncing ideas off of each other koro sensei steers e-class in the right direction he wants them to use the mountains nearby the natural resources that this this was just uh, all well written. Animation was solid. Uh, the beginning was great and helped push this and maintain this a four star episode for me. Karma has some good parts in this episode, and Nagisa is my favorite character in this episode. Dueling with the angry mom once again, this time with a different attitude. Looks as if she has learned and wants to learn from her child. However, that means we may be losing Nagisa for a while. Koro-sensei is cooking up more lies as the show goes on. Or is he? Important to note that Classy didn't win the competition, but came in third. However, they are in uh, the board chairman's good graces now. There are also some surprise appearances from characters in other animes, and I will list those for you. Karuko Tetsuya from Karuko no Busake. Saika Kosuo from The Disastrous Life of Sakai Kusoa. And Bobo Bobo Bo Bobo Bo. So, you get a great episode, some special appearances, and a, a big festival, a big feast. So, it's, it's a happy time. It's a happy episode and it's uplifting. So that's why I gave it four stars. Um, and maybe stole the sh uh, show for Toonami for some people. Maiden Abyss came to us with a great episode. And uh, they're heating up over there in the inverted forest. Uh, Maiden Abyss, season one, episode seven, the unmovable sovereign. Great episode right here. You thought Rico and Rag would be all stealth and finding Rico's mom. Wrong. They are caught up at the Seeker camp 
This episode should really be titled Ozen the Irredeemable, as she is called many times throughout this episode. Any villain that starts with an O is a real big bad one, like Osira in Star Trek. This episode is really around Ozen. Her connection to Rico's mom, her scare tactics and training, her devastating power. At one point, Rake looks as if he might kill Ozen for not letting them leave and about to hurt Rico. Ozen nearly kills Rake. Then we find out it's all a test. Four-star episode. Great twist I didn't see coming. The point is they will have a lot of tough opponents in the abyss. And they aren't strong enough yet. They need Ozen to train them for this type of environment. Ozen is very twisted. She's a well-equipped mentor and a teacher, but demented and sick in the head. Overall, it's a great episode, and you can tell that this show has direction, and uh, it's moving uh, out of this little seeker camp they're in, and it's going to become better. We move on to One Piece. Season 15, episode 11, landing at Fishman Island, the lovely mermaids. This was a four-star episode. New Fishman pirates scare away Sarume and give the Straw Hats a choice. Nobody does that to Straw Hats. Nobody gives them an ultimatum. So you can see where this is at. Sanjay cracks a lot of bad jokes and a lot of dry humor is sprinkled about. Luffy saves this episode. Give it four stars, everybody. Um... And it's really a filler episode, but that's okay. Uh, it's part of this archetype that we're moving past. Maybe a, a few more episodes here. Next episode of One Piece they hit us with was season 15, episode 12. Explosive stimulation, Sanji's life crisis. And he's really into crisis. And I'm really fed up with it. This episode I didn't care for. Focused around Sanji, and I wish I did. I'm over him being woman deprived, and it's time to move on from this story arc. We need to get to the island and see these new faces. I give this episode two stars because it was just okay. Nami was actually my favorite character in this one. She's fed up with Sanji too. Like you and I. That got us to Naruto Shippuden. Episode 378 The Ten Tales Jin Kuriki. Awesome animation in this episode. Naruto the original series starts out about nine tales. Here's Obito absorbing the Tentails in all his glory. A beastly monster that doesn't appear to be stopped anytime soon. There's great fighting in this episode. Naruto gives a great explanation of how the Tentails came about. And overall, this is a 5 star episode. This is the best dubbed uh, episode on Toonami last night. It was really good. This was Obito's plan all along to turn into nine to turn into ten tails he's willing to die to see it through he was never planning on saving madeira so it's a well-written episode and i have to give it five stars deep in the night and we got a treat shows moving in the right direction tsunami moving in the right direction cowboy bebop episode 16 black dog serenade one of the best episodes of Cowboy Bebop. Truly an underrated episode. This would be in the Hall of Fame anime episodes. Shocking. Thrilling. Jet definitely steals the show. 
From the beginning, he's getting rocks thrown at him, figuratively speaking. Faye's having a problem with the shower. She wants it fixed. She's bugging him. Edward is making a mess of the place. Spike is doing his own thing. He's in his own world. Great dialogue. Great one-liners. Jet teams up with a former partner to find the man who stole his arm. We then see his memories deceive him later on. And a great fight ensues. This is a noir spin on an anime focusing on the character's past and not so much the present madness. Five-star episode. Great, refreshing way to end Toonami. Thank you for staying with me this far. We'll be talking about 1883, Season 1, Episode 10. This is not your heaven after this. Season 1, Episode 10 This is not your heaven The series finale of 1883 is upon us What a masterpiece Taylor Sheridan put together All the emotions and all the reality of the late 1800s is in this series For this episode it had some characters push themselves to new heights Elsa is dying slowly but taking it in stride Picking her burial site, her parents would build their ranch there, the future home of Yellowstone. How it all came together was beautiful, and my words don't do this show justice. I am a fan as much as I am a critic, and I can't say that enough. Ten episodes in one season tells me this is not a slow show. Not at all. Not at all. Watching it will tell you that. The Native Americans that help Elsa by putting her in the river to stop the bleeding from the arrow she was shot with, allowing her to live on long enough to find a suitable resting place, really highlights their culture. A giving culture. No doctor in miles, but the Native American tribe had a doctor. The Crow Medicine Man, played by Sean Realbird, has a good conversation with Shay and James Dutton, played by Tim McGraw, telling James about the spot he can find the burial site and where he can build a ranch, making the comment that he looks like a planner and he's going to need to plant there or the winter will pretty much catch up with him. That is when the crow man says, in seven generations, my people will rise up and take that land back from you. James kind of replies like they can have it, which is weird because... They're not going to Oregon anymore because they're burying their daughter Elsa here. Why would he be so willing to give up the land? Maybe a spoof or maybe the actor just rolling with it. Crowman then says my people will want to hunt on that land and you let them. And James is fine with that. He's okay with that. That makes sense. Early in this episode, Claus and some other people want to go their own way. They make a big stink about it. And bandits later come and kill them. 
You don't want to be alone on the wagon train was the lesson there. Joseph has a rough part in this episode. His wife dies. She can't drink water. Her neck's broke. Thomas basically tells him that they can cut his leg off or he's going to die from the poisoning. The poisoning is going to kill him from the snake bite. Remember, he was bit by a snake in the last episode, Racing Clouds. Remember also, Joseph is a foreigner. He knows nothing about amputation and these techniques in America. He's like, you can really do that? Like, he's surprised. So they get him drunk beyond belief and hold him down and saw the leg off. This is what he wanted, to, to stay alive. They even do it to the point, Thomas is saying, to cut it a certain way so it heals properly. Back in the Civil War, they did this where he probably picked it up from. Thomas is my favorite character in this episode. Uh, they do make it to Oregon, him and Naomi, and her two sons, and uh, they can begin to build build their life there. Thomas finds his human self again, while Shay slips deeper in depression. Shay makes good on two promises, one to his wife, that he would take her to see the ocean, she would see the beach, two that, uh, and the second promise, that he would end his own life with her soon which he does with his own pistol after a hummingbird whizzes by the hummingbird is a good omen this symbolizes his wife was there with him there's also something to be said for levels of pain in this episode and one of those is joseph losing his wife which is devastating in its own right in its own merit but then losing his leg to stay alive for what kind of life now um, most of the normal things he's going to want to do are, are going to be done you get a sense, you get a feeling a, a, a grasp of understanding that there's levels to pain as Shay, who has both his legs has everything working except his heart he's hurt and uh, there's something to say about that type of hurt and that type of pain what that can do to a man what that can do to a person an individual so there's something to be said for the levels of pain in this episode and what's portrayed and uh, I didn't want to move past that Elsa ends the show out in a dream we get her racing Sam a touching ending to the show in series 1883 I raising because of her love for Ennis and how their relationship seem real and expanded through the early episodes however I see why Sheridan did this part with Sam he has respected and put authenticity in Native American culture and westerns but in each episode they appeared in 1883 it was believable the part with Elsa racing Sam on horseback is fresher in our minds than her relationship with Ennis Ennis and Elsa didn't make many memories from that point of view this show would be hard to keep going you have lost the best character Elsa Thomas is happy with Naomi and out of the picture James and Margaret Dutton are going to be building a ranch with their son Audie Shay is also dead your main characters are really gone and spoken for that is why there's no reason to do a season 2 and I actually respect that we won't have a season 2 Thank you for listening to the Toonami Recap and the 1883 
episode 10 recap. It was a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe, share with a friend. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone. And God bless.